0: Hello and welcome to the Stack Magazine's podcast. My name is Stephen Watson and I'm the founder of Stack, the service that searches out the best independent magazines and delivers them to thousands of readers around the world every month. This week, I'm speaking to Marius Sosnowski, deputy editor of Dispatches, a large format magazine of ideas Published out of Berkeley in California and inspired by that city's intellectual and countercultural heritage. I love it when a magazine can convey a sense of place, and Dispatches is excellent at doing that. But that's not to say that its stories are all about Berkeley or California or even the west coast of the US. Some of them are, but there are also Dispatches in here from Australia and Europe. And even from antiquity, it's more that the magazine's writers express a kind of easy intellectualism that means you could totally imagine them sitting around the university campus, kicking their ideas around and entertaining each other with their travel tales. We delivered this magazine to Stack subscribers in July, so if you're part of our independent magazine club, I hope you've already had a chance to read this one and you're keen to hear more about how it all came together. And of course, if you're not a Stack subscriber, all is not lost. If you like the sound of dispatches, you can find copies available to buy in the Stack shop so you can hold it for yourself and get to grips with its big pages. But regardless of whether you've seen this before and how you're coming to this one, I hope you'll enjoy this conversation with Marius from Dispatches. Marius, thank you so much for joining me.
1: Thanks, uh, Steve. It's a real pleasure to be here.
0: OK, so you are the deputy editor of Dispatches magazine, which is uh, a mag that I saw uh, for the first time earlier this year. It was, it was uh, earlier this year that you launched, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, our uh, first issue came out the first week of February.
0: Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. And it's uh, a magazine, well, I guess I, I described it to people as a magazine of ideas. Um, and I'm really interested in the, the way that it moves between these different modes. Like, so it's very happy doing historical stuff. It's very happy with like, you know, contemporary and more opinionated stuff. Maybe you could start just by telling me a little bit about where the whole idea for Dispatches came from.
1: So Dispatches is kind of a, I guess it was a project that um, a number of us had flirted with um, almost in, in jest for um, yeah. a number of years so, um, originally, uh, my, my friend and, and mentor, David Reed, he's the editor um, in chief, um, and a kind of four decade, uh, cultural historian out of California, originally from San Diego, now in Berkeley. Um, he, uh, you know, me and him would just, uh, him and I would have just great conversations about all sorts of things, arts, culture, literature, primarily movies. And, um, You know, I had a real fascination with just, like, going out and, uh, I guess, exploring for myself, like, venues and cities and stuff that had some, you know, great cultural history and and kind of indulging in it at the same time. So when I would do it, uh, when I'd go to, like, Cuba, right, to visit Hemingway's Finca, he'd say, hey, send me a dispatch from where you're at. And essentially, these were just emails, right? I'd send him, like, emails that were a cross between, like, letter home and cultural comment, so to speak. So they'd be really loose and free and subjective. But I'd really try to tie in um, or triangulate like what we've been talking about, what I've been reading, and what I'm gathering mm-hmm. from the place. Mm-hmm. Uh, then later on, uh, he had a good friend. He met a good friend named Matteo Um He lives in Washington, D.C. now. He's more, I'd say, from a po- uh, politics and, and diplomacy background. And They would have some, some more, um, I'd say, heavier idea-based political discussions, and it was them originally that came up with the idea to start a magazine. Um, but once they Kind of zeroed in on that. They were like, you know, we should call dispatches. You know, and, and and David had basically called me around that time very quickly and said, hey, I'm actually finally thinking about that idea to start a magazine that we talked about um, or flirted with, and you know, I'd love for you to be a part. And and you know, the the dispatch is kind of what we're going to center it around. So mm-hmm. that, that's a little bit of the history there. Well,
0: I I love the fact that so like you know the the dispatch and this idea of it coming from another place was so central to it at the start because one of the things that really appeals to me is just how much you know sitting here in london i get a real sense of place from berkeley and california and i I suppose like you know the broader like the west coast like the the magazine gives off this really kind of uh uh, vital and an exciting sense of the ideas and, and thought that are that are kind of circulating around there at the moment.
1: Thanks. I mean, that's whew, that's the biggest compliment I could have uh, imagined. <laughs> I mean, you I think originally, you know, ideas are always brilliant and uh, and inspiring and bright. Uh, practical application is just this like slog of fears and, <laughs> and 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 confusions and 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 second guessing so i think that um one of the biggest challenges i think that we went through really was 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 twofold one was like how are we just not gonna have a a kind of you know home or, or web of just disparate ideas that seem to like not really have a connection
0: mm, uh, mm, mm.
1: and b well, we're from California, like, how do we give this thing a sense of place? Mm, mm, So those mm. are two things that we really thought a lot about. Um, I'd say overall gestation was, like, about nine months uh, of last year, you know, um, where we were really working on all all facets, right? We were trying to find the visual language. We were, you know, coming up with... uh, What's it going to look like? What's the logo? Everything like that simultaneously, like what's going to be the ethos behind it? How are we going to be able to really deliver the one line description to prospective contributors? So we're doing all that. It took about nine months. And, and that was really when we re- realized that, well, we want this to be international, mm. but we're from here. Mm. And that in California specifically, you have a lot of this, uh, well, of course, immigration and all that, but, but, but California has been home to um imaginative thinking for a long time and and it's and it's appealed to a lot of people across the world throughout history so or modern history right so we were like okay we're going to cement it with that kind of outlook but um we're going to we're not going to be overly preoccupied with ourselves or like with the coast Mm -hmm. um you know we're just going to allow people that have some sort of familiarity with this to kind of in a light and easy breezy way uh,
0: express themselves mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, well okay so easy breezy I'm not sure I'd call all of it easy breezy there's uh, there's some of it which is I mean really uh, quite determinedly intellectual the there's stuff in here that you know you sometimes have to like read a line a couple of times to go like okay got yep got it got it I know where you're going but then there's also a really a uh, strong kind of countercultural sort of sense to it there's a, a kind of a, a radical sense and and again i mean i'm speaking as someone who has never been to berkeley in california but they feel like kind of characteristics of the city
1: well yeah let's thanks for picking up on that actually that, well, berkeley was very meaning is very meaningful to uh, you know the crew but particularly david and he he definitely wanted to to bring that spirit back in because um, people do forget um, that it has been a bastion for um, historical development for at least 100 years, um, if not more, since the uh, history of the university goes on beyond that. But I think also as far as Easy Breezy, um, so in response to your response, yes, I mean, that's kind of a testament to um, uh, just some of the cool, uh, great people we've been blessed to, to know and, and um, uh, you know, appeal to with this magazine. But I guess the Easy Breezy... Um, may not be the right terminology but what I meant by that is we just kind of wanted to give people the ability to express themselves as they want without a kind of like overarching um, style guide rubric um, Mm -hmm. which Mm -hmm. I think is is um, a major part of our of our philosophy which is that um, when I you know I think that there's a lot of papers out there or they're not papers anymore of course but news publications outlets where you go to the outlet Right, you go to, to them because they have a they they have a they have a brand. And there's a recognition and everything underneath that. Everyone files under that, mm-hmm. and um, what you're getting is the you know is the is the name there, and that's what you can trust. We wanted to like turn it over and just be like, we want you to get to know these writers, and everyone's going to kind of like present themselves to the best of their ability, or you know however they'd like to present themselves, and we're kind of more like a medium. Um, and that, that's that's what was really important to us, you know, because I, I think that um, no one publication should purport to be the authority. Um, and yet also simultaneously we should really get uh, we should appeal to, to the attractiveness of getting to know the people that provide us news and articles, you know, I mean, people fetishize authors um, of novels and, and, and directors of films, but you know the people that, that are that are providing the articles that you read that you scroll on a daily basis you know these are hardworking people these are people with sensibilities and and, and, and you should know their names as well you
0: know? mm-hmm. okay so 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 David comes to you and says, all right I, I want to do this thing this thing we've talked about how do you then go about starting to get your group of writers around you because the, that I mean for a magazine like this which is so based on the written word, that's going to be very important.
1: Yeah, so that was um, again. That's kind of like a testament to 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 the to the crew, to like friendships that have uh, that have come up over the last you know ten years, essentially. I mean, David um, David is 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 the um, is the the senior editor, you know, in that way that he's been around the scene for for a long time. So he had many great friends and relationships that have gone on for a long time. But then you know, the team in general, he wanted the team to be to be younger. Um, the people that he appealed to were. Uh, Matteo initially, but who dropped out for personal reasons. Um, myself, um, I've been out of college, you know, 10 years. Uh, Paris, say, uh, Paris Coast, she's arts and culture, about seven years. Um, our our publisher, and just kind of all things uh, outgoing and marketing and stuff like that. Uh, Johnny Pujol as well, 10, 12 years. So, you know, we've all amassed quite a number of friends in that time. And it was really, once we started to really figure out what we're doing, like, Who are we? Uh, What do we want this to be about? Um, And our initial designer, Gabe Ferrara, design director was doing a phenomenal, extremely uh, fast paced job of really zeroing in on that visual aesthetic and that visual language. Uh, Once we had that, we were really just writing, cold calling and and emailing everybody we knew um, and seeing if they'd have an interest. And, you know, as it was, it was a tough time last year. A lot of people dropped out, but um, uh, a few that that you know couldn't do it were really uh, nice enough to, to recommend people, so it was kind of that it was just really grassroots it was just emails and phone calls So
0: it's, it's, it's friends of friends uh, and, and reaching out to people who you've kind of met over the years the the first issue uh, was themed Empire, um, and the second issue uh, is themed Fate of the City, and I guess you can see how they're kind of connected, they're the, you can see how they run along similar sort of lines. So, so how do you go about choosing those themes and w- what are you looking for in them?
1: So the themes, those two, those two great, great themes actually, those kind of came with the package. David had been mulling about that initially. Um, he definitely wanted to open or figure, you know, find a place for those two immediately. Mm-hmm. So it was really distilling what those words mean. To to people to like a variety of sensibilities, and having everyone just kind of stop and think like, hey, we are at this moment. Some could call it a precipice. Some could call it you know just a chasm. Anything like that. Um, and you know what do you think about it if you stop and really look at what's going on um, from your area of expertise? You know, and that was another thing. It's just appealing to people um, who have a variety of uh interests and inclinations and specialties Mm
0: -hmm. okay so it's making sense that 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 this was the the first two themes came from david because um two of my favorite pieces in both issues have been david's a history of the history of empire which was published in part one in first issue and part two in the second issue is there going to be a part three for the third issue
1: yes yeah he's um yeah I'm, i'm pretty sure he's He's definitely cooking up uh, the, the third there. I mean, it's something that he's been kind of fascinated by, but this kind of gave him the impetus to, to really get going. and um, I've helped a bit with deadlines. <laughs> that's, that's definitely my, my role as managing editor. I, I, I get to I get to um, poke people to make sure that they realize what it is they want to do. Um, so the yeah, the, the the first three issues at least um, definitely are kind of part of that
0: uh-huh, um, uh-huh.
1: overarching. Uh, look that he has into history writing in general because that, that's the that's the thing about it when you know it, it is kind of a joke like history the history of empire it's meant to kind of be a mouthful but it's essentially like a historiography of history writing and that's what's interesting because of course um part of dispatches right with the multiple perspectives what he's doing here is he's like looking at the different perspectives in in, in which um kind of empires has, has changed and shifted and the way that you know it's been written and represented because that that has a lot to do with our understanding of history. It's like, who's writing it? When are they writing it? What are they focusing on? And all of those tendencies shift over time.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and so basically, you're you're opening the magazine with this look back to antiquity and, and you know, kind of, like, okay, so like what was happening in ancient Rome or, or ancient Greece? And then the rest of the magazine almost is then the sort of let's explore what's happened in the, in like the intervening two thousand years what what's happening now there's um one of the pieces that really stood out for me uh in the in this second issue uh was henry staley's invisible greeks and he's so he's writing about um the apartments in Athens, which were apparently uh originally built as kind of like a sort of like a sort of social housing project really like very very egalitarian and how they're really now just being turned into airbnb apartments and the you know people are effectively being kicked out of the communities that they've lived in for so long because now people want to go on holiday there instead it's i I love the way that you can span uh, a a a period of time within the same magazine and like you know sort of like looking at very specific examples of, of how cities have changed
1: yeah, um I'm I'm glad you, you enjoyed that piece. That was um that was kind of a, a last minute addition which we were really pleased to get because mm. it really added just like one more kind of dimension. Um so yeah, I mean that is that's just basically that that's the importance of of, of the theme or uh, when we stumbled upon that in general was that we wanted, you know, dispatches from places and states of mind. It was it was you know a, a number of things you could you could write a dispatch from almost a mood, so to speak, and a mood that's related to an event or whatnot. But um, how, do we, how do we harness it? And, and how do we allow um, all these different voices to, to kind of create a, a, um, a harmony rather than a just, you know, a wide-ranging, um, where is this going? And that was, that was the importance of kind of thematically harnessing everything. So um, everyone can kind of write about what they're, what they're really into, um, as long as it, you know, that they're thinking critically about about that baseline.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and so, uh, does that mean then? Have you already commissioned people to get started on issue three? And if so, what's the theme for issue three?
1: So yeah, we're just kind of we're just we're just beginning that. Um, some of our kind of closest and, and tried and tested friends of the mag, so to speak. Sky O'Brien is one of them. Um, Greg Roquet they both had dispatches in, in both issues um they've kind of known what's kind of what's coming up and so the, the next one is uh, art and identity identity and art um and what we want to do with that is uh it's it's, a, it's of course it's a question for our times and one that spans a whole range of views on the subject but uh, more than that it's 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 really a question of of, of connection you know, of empathy, of, of finding these kinds of, of points um, that, that allow you to, you know, explore the fluency of, 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 of personality. So it's more than just, I'd say, um, like a political um, stance. It's, we want it to be very much based in, in, in again, the, the longer range, you know, a kind of historical look at the way that we've been, you know, artists have been doubling, tripling, quadrupling uh, the experience of the self um, through the various mediums. Uh, so we're yeah we're just formulating kind of those, those thoughts the things that we want to prioritize which is kind of usually what we do we'll have a staff meeting when we're getting ready for all this and then we'll sit down and we'll all just like throw darts at the board to start with like this is what i want to hear this is what i want to see this would be interesting oh i read this or oh i heard about this writer all sorts of stuff like that and then we kind of try to boil it down a little bit okay like areas of serious interest what's feasible at the moment um etc and then we uh yeah and then we'll we'll start thinking about who who on the who on the staff or essentially outside you know friends of friends and whatnot that um we think might be might be perfect for for a certain um certain uh outlook or avenue and um and then along with that we usually start getting commission pieces from from you know recommendations essentially so again it is like kind of friends of friends but rather than like asking for it sometimes a, a fellow writer will be like hey you know this is a cool theme i have somebody that uh, might be interested and then mm-hmm. opening up a lot the, the channels of communication there so that's pretty much month of august
0: and, and and then how long do you have to make all this happen because we're speaking in early august now i assume that like like most people Everyone will be off on holiday, kind of, you know, doing their own thing. Do, do you have a, a publishing date in mind for this?
1: We do, yeah. We were actually, we were hoping to do three issues in a year. And um, brought the first one out in early February. And then we brought the second one out in early July. Mm-hmm. So we thought a little holiday banger might not be bad. So um, we we're hoping first week of December, mm-hmm. something like that. So that gives us really, like two serious serious like labor intensive months as we as we learned with 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 issue two since of course you um you helped us out extraordinarily because you gave us that that uh, non-negotiable date which we didn't have at the (laughs) first
0: yeah i'm not sure you appreciated that that deadline all the way through
1: (laughs) so that's about like two 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 solid months of hard labor with what we what we have cooking so that would be november and october and so that's that's really the month of september half of august really to kind of Make sure people are uh, uh, getting to work. So you know the meetings are all kind of starting now, and mm-hmm. um, and September is really kind of kind of going to be a a writing month, and 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 uh, October a design month, and November a put it all together kind of month.
0: Yeah. So okay. So so we're in, we're in the fun, expansive, open part of it at the moment when anything is possible. You can do whatever you want, and then in November you're going to be at the hard end of things where it's like no. We literally need this to be done now. Um, so, so as you say, we sent out uh, issue two um, to Stack subscribers uh, in July. Um, what what was that like for you? Like, what what's that like from your side? Because the, I mean, you know, obviously, like the Stack subscribers receive this magazine through the post one day. They've got no idea what they're going to get. It just kind of plops through the, the the front door. And then they start having a read. But what's it like from the publisher's point of view, the process of getting that whole thing ready and out and and into the hands of thousands of readers who wouldn't otherwise have seen it?
1: Well, to start, I want to say that 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 was a really cool um, boon for us, I'd say, really, because that that kind of surprise, look what you get. That's pretty cool um, because it's, it really puts the impetus on, like, the quality. You know, mm, that's just mm, really the mm. proof is in the pudding there. It was just like, is this magazine good or not? You don't know anybody here. You, it's not like a friend telling you, hey, check this out, so that you can call them and tell them, yeah, 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 it was cool, man. <laughs> um, this was, just a, it was just, just a hard, you know, it was a hard sell, and, and, and I think so far, um, some of the responses on social media have proved that, that you know, people like it, which is really yeah. humbling. Um, but essentially, what was it like on our angle? Well, I'd say that... Uh, the vast majority of practical elements—design, editing—you um, know, all of that—the uh, grid work, um, you know, working with uh, the, the proofing with the, the writers, getting rights to images, all that nitty-gritty—that like that—that that was the same essentially as always, or as we I mean, we've done one before. But as I imagine the process goes, what was really new to us was was that sense of the unknown, and I think that also the the new challenge here that was that's also mind-boggling to think about, even ten years ago, is uh, the ease with which we we're able to um, essentially print a magazine, print and distribute a magazine remotely.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: that was you know unheard of before. So, but that wasn't without its that was that's not without its sort of um, skipped beats, <laughs> heartbeats, and whatnot. Just because um, you know, I think. Uh, humans and and generally, you know, creatives are very much accustomed to working together physically. Um, so, you know, it was new kind of clicking, send, and then just like, okay, let's 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 make sure it's there. Or or you know, my, our favorite, our favorite uh, nail biter was was the day that um, you know we had essentially sent off that, that the proof um, with our complete. Um, approval there and then knowing that essentially somewhere on earth in South East London to be precise these machines are just running and they're printing a magazine you know and it's just it's just there you know and we're six you know five six thousand miles away that was um, yeah that was that was funny Um, waiting waiting for uh, waiting for the magazines to arrive um, in our in our offices in Berkeley was also you know one of those kind of like okay what does it look like what does it look like so there was a lot more of um there was this, I'd say there was a sense of a surprise for everybody which was cool yeah um yeah. everyone got to unpack something that they weren't exactly sure what it was going to be but uh, it was perfect.
0: Well, so, so one of the, 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 I guess the most noticeable things about the magazine and one of the things that stack subscribers were certainly responded to is the size of it. I mean, this is a, a big magazine. You've, you've made it large formats. Was that always, you know, like the, again, from these early days with David, did you know that you wanted this to be a big thing or did that just kind of evolve through the process?
1: Yes, that was a, that was a stipulation. That was an initial stipulation. It was, um, uh, large striking tabloid format um you know a lot of this is uh there's there's a large throwback quality uh, to the heart and soul of this magazine um from the name and the concept um like sending out a dispatch uh, foreign correspondence you know sending cables a lot of that was part of our you know even the globe which is reminiscent of you know twa and and stuff like that but um a, a lot of it was kind of conscious with with the physicality of print and news journalism
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, of you know all time up until i'd say 10 15 years ago so we wanted to we definitely wanted to make a statement in that way we wanted people to to feel it we wanted them to hold it out in front of them, like, you know, like it was done on Sunday mornings, you know, your father and at the edge of the table or whatnot, just holding the paper open. I mean, that, that kind of, that element of losing yourself in, 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 in words and letters. I think that that was a big part of it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, Gabe Ferrar again, or her, design guru, he was, he was really, uh, phenomenal and again, phenomenal quick at really intuiting a lot of what we were, what we were thinking about and, and finding the right way to kind of be elegant. And and I'd say somewhat inspired by, you know, mid-century, uh, modern design and whatnot, and, and still being, you know, contemporary Mm. and, Mm. and being, you know, being all around that package that it's, 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 it's loud, but it's not, um, it's not brash. Um, you know, it's just, it's just there. Mm. And that's what we wanted because, um, you know we wanted to create something that you wanted to have on on your coffee table we wanted it to to, to look good and, and to remind you of um of a lot of different things uh not just the content inside of it and the art but you know maybe just a time when when um, and even if you even if you know even for current generations um that are you know reared on on the internet and on on digital technology uh, you know it is still reminiscent of a physicality mm. that um is special
0: that is, I think, special. And I think also, one of the things that you really lean into with the magazine is, with these big pages, man, you can fit a lot of words on those pages. And then you know, I said before, like, this is definitely a magazine of of words. It's you know, it's, it's about the ideas in there. It's actually quite unusual to open a spread and just you know have a lot of words in front of you (laughs) it feels like this is like a deliberate choice from you that you know you want to make sure people know this is a a magazine for reading
1: yes um yeah we don't we don't want reading to die at least um that kind of sit down um with something you know good and 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 really dive in not you know not just not the scrolling reading i mean i think that a, a lot of that has to do with with retention i mean there's even been you know studies i'd say about what we retain when we're just scrolling passively and what we were like really focused on. So a big part of that was, was bringing that back, you know, concrete long, you know, long takes, but, um, yeah, I mean the first issue I'd say, you know, we were still kind of finding the balance between art and words, but I also think that heading into the second issue, well, we faced a couple of technical uh, changes, of course, um, we had to we had to be light on our feet uh, literally nimble um, with the mag because of the shipping requirements and, you know the first issue the first of anything really is, is if you if you really want to go all out it is the um, manifestation of, of everything you really wanted to do with no compromise because you don't really have to think about the practical implications yet but the moment we went from, that kind of small grassroots distribution we used kickstarter the first time for example and then just a lot of friends and then the people we reached out to on kickstarter as well as the strangers on kickstarter probably recommended them to a few people with this one you know thanks uh, incredibly to you guys we had a a much larger um, group of a a much larger audience to think about so um, that meant we really had to get it lighter uh, leaner and with something like fate of the city um there's a lot there's a lot of angles there's a lot of thinking um that can be done and we wanted to give uh, these people that we really trusted and really believed in a lot of room to be able to do that furthermore um we we don't always want to just do what is on the surface uh, in the sense of there's very few skyscrapers in this magazine because um, that's been around for 150 years. So there was a lot of that as well, where it was like, all right, well, we can go word heavy on this because uh, city skylines and imagery, those imagery of cities, uh, we have we have enough of that. Um, <laughs> not in a negative way, but, you know, we, we really wanted it to be a little different. We, we tried to play with the layout of the words and stuff like that, and, and creative illustrations, for example, our illustrator Paul Reed who did great work in the dispatches section. Um, was really reinter was was interpreting all of these different different cuts in 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 wholly different manners. Um, and then while everything ties in with the urban experience, the art itself was. Um, was uh, what's it was its own thing and we liked that very much mm,
0: mm, mm. well look I, I like it very much too and i'm really really pleased that we were able to send it out um and yeah i'm looking forward to seeing what you do with identity and art coming up next
1: thanks yeah we're very excited about that as well and um thanks again for 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 the opportunity and and it's been great chatting
0: <laughs> cheers thank you Okay, that's all for this week. I would like to say thanks again to Marius for taking the time to speak with me and sharing that insider's view of making a magazine and sending it out on Stack. Again, if you're not already a Stack subscriber, you can find copies of dispatches available to buy in our shop. Just go to stackmagazines.com forward slash shop and search there. And remember to use the code podcast to save 10% off our regular prices that code works for subscriptions too so while you're at it you could join our independent magazine club uh, and we'll send you a different mag every month I'm going to be off on holiday for the next couple of weeks, so we won't have another episode of the podcast for a little while, but we will be back again in September with lots more conversations with independent magazine makers to take us all the way through to the end of the year. So please do follow us wherever you get your podcasts and we'll be able to deliver those to you as soon as they're ready. Thank you very much for listening to this one and we'll be back with our next episode in a few weeks.